This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast that takes a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. This week, we're talking with Norick Skeen Senior Captains Olivia Cuneo and Cal Shrupp. After both recorded top 10 performances at the Dartmouth Carnival, with Cuneo earning a spot on the podium. Plus, junior Truman Williams broke a Bates track and field record that had stood since before he was born. And women's basketball gears up for the NASCAC tournament. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. Bates Nordic skiing team had a day to remember Friday at the Dartmouth Carnival. Competing in the 1.3K freestyle, team captains Olivia Cuneo and Cal Shrupp both advanced to the semifinals. Then, Cuneo advanced even further to the championship final, where she took second place. Good for the first podium finish by a Bates Nordic skier since 2017. Shrupp ended up seventh overall, sixth among collegiate skiers in his best carnival performance to date. There were a number of other impressive performances as well, and Olivia Cuneo and Cal Shrupp join the Bobcast to recap the Dartmouth Carnival for Nordic Skiing. Well, it's great to have Cal Shrupp and Olivia Cuneo with us here on the Bobcast. You two have kind of uh, mirror image careers almost, or parallel careers, where you both were originally class of 2023 and then decided to take a leave of absence during COVID, coming back, and now as senior captains. I mean, Cal, uh, uh, really a breakthrough performance for you. I wanted to ask you about that, you know. Looking at the numbers, you know, in freestyle races, you hadn't gotten a top 30. And now, now all of a sudden you get a top 10 this year. Uh, so what was the breakthrough there in the sprint there for you? It kind of clearly shows that um, I am much better at sprinting because um, regardless of technique, mm-hmm. um, I can I can ski fast in a, in a quick time. I can really push it to the line. But, um, yeah, my skating distance, I think that once the distances get longer or the time, I guess, of a race gets more than – uh, maybe 10 minutes or something, I just get a lot more tired and I'm, I'm much more capable of skiing long distance classic um, technique. So, yeah, but it was fun to see that regardless of technique, I can um, sprint well. <laughs> yeah, That's gotcha, gotcha. It's more, the, it's more the distance, not the technique. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And then Olivia, I mean, what a, what a race. I mean, what are multiple races, obviously, because for people who don't know, the, the sprint races here, at least in the freestyle, there's a qualifying heats quarterfinals, semifinals, finals, so four races for you in one day. I mean, take us through how how the day kind of went. Well, it was pretty fun. It was really tiring. <laughs> yeah. It's not something I look back and I'm like, wow, I wish I could do that again, relive the moment, because I was really tired. Yeah. But going into the race, I just wanted to be confident and, like, know I could do it. Um, I've always been confident in my sprinting ability. I was sort of forcing myself to believe that I was as fast as the other girls, even though I didn't initially believe it. Um, and then I did the qu- the qualifier, and I saw that I came in second, and I was like, okay, I got this. And so I just didn't let myself think otherwise throughout the day. I just, like, kept pushing through all of the heats. And then in the final, I was like, I really want this podium. Like, I want it so badly. So um, I, looking back on it, I tactically think I could have done things a little bit different and maybe won, but I'm super happy with the result. I can't believe it. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously we saw the video, a sprint to the finish there. I mean, it was, it was a photo finish, right? I mean, it was so close with that Vermont woman. I mean, what was that like knowing you were, you you know, one-on-one almost at the end? So cool. Um, Mariel Ackerman is the girl that won and Mm -hmm. she's on the Canadian national team and on the Olympic team. So she's such a good sprinter and, 
I was just amazing. Like I was right with her finishing up and I was like, wow, I can't believe I can ski. <laughs> like I never thought of myself <laughs> like that. <laughs> well, how much time do you get between like each race? Um, you get more between the qualifier and the first quarterfinal heats. Mm-hmm. I you usually get about an hour and a half, two hours. Okay. And then you get about 20 minutes from the quarterfinal to the semifinal. And then it was a really fast turnaround from the semifinal to the final. I think it was around seven minutes, seven, eight minutes. So like my legs were tired going into it. And the way that this course was set up, it's a bit of like a gradual uphill for the first part and then a long downhill and then a super steep, long uphill with a gradual uphill finish. So your legs need to be ready, and uh, thankfully my body held on. <laughs> well, and Cal, I mean, from your perspective, you mentioned you know you're more confident in your sprinting, and so did it coming into the day where you're thinking, oh, this is my big chance to you know score some significant points. Um, totally. Yeah, I think to what Olivia was just saying with um, racing the whole day with sprinting, no other day um, race. Uh, type of race do we have to do multiple races and so if you want to win if you want to get in the finals you have to do four races um and i did three races which is was totally new to me because um in my time skiing for baits i've only ever made it to the quarterfinals Mm. and so i've only had to do two races and so that was the the one thing I was not confident about, but um, I qualified eighth in the morning. And t- to what Olivia said, I knew that I I'd, sk- I'd skied a really great qualifier, but I n- felt very confident in myself that, um, you know, I deserved to be th- that place. And so um, going into the day, I was just excited to see how my body was going to take doing the three races. And to what, to just credit Olivia, um, I was so impressed with her ability to, I mean, it says a lot about how um, well trained she is and just like strong in general. Um, But I did my semifinal race and I was the most tired I've ever been. And um, I I finished third, which meant I could have potentially moved on Mm -hmm. um, as a lucky loser. And I didn't. Um, And it would have been, I would I would have loved to see how that race would have gone that final <laughs> because, like she said, I had something like ten minutes to to cool off before um, potentially doing it, and I was not at all recovered. And, I mean, no one else is, and so it's interesting. But um, for her to then be in that position and then push it to 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 you know go ahead and make it to second place. Is so you, awesome. so you have, yeah, so you have ten minutes there, and you're thinking actually you might you might have to race again. You don't know yet. Yeah, I yeah. Didn't, it, I didn't know for five minutes at least, yeah. and then they announced it. I guess were you almost uh, a little relieved? <laughs> yeah, it was. Bo- it was totally both. Yeah, because I didn't know where I stood. What how it ended up happening because of my time, I ended up getting the next place. Yeah, so I wasn't sixth, but I was seventh, the, the first person after the finals, which was really awesome. Um, if I had been bumped down or whatever, it would have been more disappointing. Right, um, but. Yeah, it was it was totally a mix because I, I would have loved to just know what it's like to do four races, but I would have been destroyed. I don't think I would have been able to race on the a Saturday afterwards. So Olivia, you did have to do four races. So going into the final, very short turnaround time we just heard. So what's going through your mind? I mean, at the starting line there for the final. Oh, a lot of just don't panic. <laughs> you got this, and um, you can't think about it. You just have to 
block like pretty much any thoughts and be in la la land a little bit at least I do because as soon as I start thinking I spiral a little bit and I'm like oh everyone else here is so fast they're probably not as tired as me so I was just you know distracting myself talking to other girls and I met some new friends at the start line which was really fun and I'm not usually up with the top six girls, so this was like a different set of girls that I was talking to at the start line. So that was fun. I was like, wow, I, I, like this is a great day that I get to be here and experience what it feels like to be an elite skier. I was going to say, last time you were on the show, you mentioned how like, yeah, it's nice to get like, you know, be in the top 30 each week, but you're, you would get a little tired of being like 20th. So yeah. <laughs> to be, I mean, to be number two, I mean, that's 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 remarkable. I mean, it was kind of anticlimactic to have the podium the next day though, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like it as much, but there's also something called Carney Crush where all of the teams get together and like give each other valentines uh-huh. so it was a good energy the next day so that was awesome like <laughs> yeah. people were wearing different costumes and just having fun yeah and then what was it like you know to step up onto that podium and have that moment um you know it was a little bit nostalgic because i was a good skier when i was younger and i think i definitely took podiums for granted and uh-huh. i haven't been on a podium in a really long time especially at like a higher level race so it felt weird. I kind of felt like my 14-year-old self again. Like, wow. Hi, guys. <laughs> and obviously this was a celebration for the whole Nordic team to see what Olivia was able to do and yourself as well, Cal. So what was it like from a team perspective to have that celebration? Well, at the finish line, I mean, everyone on the team was there. Yeah. And we were all watching the race. It was the only thing that was going on. Yeah. Um, and I think – it. We all know that Olivia is a very fast and capable skier, um, but just for Bates to be on the podium and to watch it happen, and w- with sprinting, there's so many variables and people can fall, and and you do have to do four races. It's just like kind of a big, big exhausting day, and so much has already happened. Um, so I feel like everyone, we were all pretty blown away. Like, don't know how to feel. This feels unreal. Um, yeah, and we still had another day of skiing, but we, right. I don't think anyone was thinking about that. Yeah, like, uh, yeah we were all just super stoked. Thanks, <laughs> I was going to say, the next day you had to come back and do a 15K. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And it was hot, right? That's what I was told. so hot. So what's, what was it? How, how'd you get through that, Cal? <laughs> Not your favorite, I suppose. No. Um, that was a tough day, yeah. for sure. We Our race got delayed by because it was really icy, so um, it was very well, it was cold enough the night before that it frozen, um, but then it was it warmed up a ton during our race, and so we had really rough wax conditions, mm. and it made for a very exhausting day for different reasons than the women's race, um, because we had really fast skis and poor kick, and I imagine you guys had good kick, better, and slow skis. And how does that work? Why why is that? Well, it warmed up a ton, and also. Okay. It was a five-lap course, so when you have almost 100 guys going around a five-lap course, it gets pretty torn up. So there weren't many tracks by the times by the time the women went, mm. and it was like almost 50 degrees and sunny, and beautiful. the wax was beautiful day. <laughs> but I like wanted to put my head in the snow the whole time I was skiing. It was so hot. But you got yeah. 15th. I know, and I honestly like it was so cool to get second place the day before, but I struggle with uh, like identifying as a distance skier so that was my best distance result to date uh, yeah. for skate and classic so i was really happy with that so do us some uh 
bracketology, for lack of a better word, NCAA championships. I feel like with top 10 performances, that's on your radar now in a big way with two carnivals left. Cal, what are your thoughts? I mean, you just burst onto the scene there in, in that sprint. What else do you have to do here? I have to do a, a good bit. <laughs> Maybe more so than Olivia does. Okay. And, and it's exciting because yeah. what it just says is that, um, you know, it's in it's within reach. Yeah. But um, it just will require a, uh, another standout performance, beating people who are usually faster than me, um, which is possible. I'm confident Cal can do it. Yeah, yeah. If I have some good skis and I've and I recover well and totally, my head is in the right spot. I, I'm really excited about it. Is yeah. it is a situation where it doesn't matter what event, as long as you get another top ten, you'd be in decent shape, or does it matter freestyle versus classic at all? You know, wait, does it? Is it two skates or two classics? It's two skate and two classic. So d- I, I think it doesn't really because ide- ideally it would be a classic race. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm not remembering exactly what my finishes, how, how they've added up just yet. But I think, well, actually probably it would have to be good both. Both? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll look for yeah. both races. Okay, and Olivia, you're in a pretty good spot right now it looks like. Yeah, I am in a good spot. You never know what can happen. Sure. Someone else could come and get second place um, that hasn't been in the top ten. But I'm excited. I have. I don't feel like by any means I'm like, yep, accomplished all my goals. I'm good to go. I'm really excited for this upcoming weekend and the last weekend. And um, I would be so stoked to go out west. Um, but I'm just crossing my fingers and doing what I can in the meantime because I don't want to get my hopes up. All right, what do we got this weekend, Carol? What's going on this weekend? There, we're going to prospect... And, which is actually where is that? Uh, a good question. It's New the Hampshire. Williams yeah. Williams Carnival. Carnival, right? Um, but we have a 10k classic race, okay? Individual start, which is very exciting. We haven't had one of those this um, ski season. And oh, they've all been mass starts. They've all been mass starts and 15 or 20k. Right. So a little more, a little or shorter. A yeah. yeah. So yeah. so this is a weird, a, a fun. Potentially new distance, you know, we don't know where people are going to stand or yeah. fall in. Um, and then a 5K three-man, three-person group uh, relay on a skate relay on Saturday. The skate relay doesn't really factor into nationals, though, right? No, no it's, it's just, just for yeah. fun. Just for fun. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. And what, what are those relays like? They are really fun um, <laughs> because you have the potential to get be, – because – the field is diminished by a uh, two thirds. Yeah. Like as far as your team can get third place, um, p- potentially, or like the Bates boys could, because there's only so many other teams that are made up of three, and um, just how things add up. So you have potentially to the potential to um, get a place that you've never seen before, like a, you know, top ten finish. We could do. Mm. It's also really fun to do a relay because, like, for the first time, you're racing for your teammates. Of the mm-hmm. season, like you're working as a team in an individual sport, which is a really cool, like mental state to be in. Like, you're not thinking, "I hope I do well." You're like, "All right, I hope my team does well." So it's it's great. Well, speaking of the team dynamic, I mean, the video we have up on Instagram of you racing to the finish there to get second place, Eliza Skillings was is the person yelling in that video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what's it like to have that kind of support? And did you hear her? <laughs> um, I didn't hear her during the race, right, no. <laughs> but I was so tired. I crossed the finish line and. All of my teammates were there, which I wasn't expecting, and it was just amazing because I got the biggest hug ever. And also going back yeah. and watching the video, I was like, just couldn't help but laugh at Eliza because <laughs> it was so sweet. And she was just like, oh, my God, oh, my God. 
bad. <laughs> she like didn't know what to do, and I probably wouldn't have either. Um, but she's she's always such a great sport. She's had some head injury stuff this season, but that like hasn't stopped her for showing up for the team and doing her part and like doing so much, like way more than she needs to be doing. And yeah, she just puts all of her energy she can into other people right now, and it's amazing to see. So Cal, when Olivia's racing, there's everyone at the finish line watching. Like yeah. when you at the finish line. Yep. Yeah. So, or I was I ran to the finish line. Finish line I yeah. was watching her down the final stretch. Yeah, yeah. So what was that like? I mean, to see that in the championship. I mean, this is unprecedented, kind of for, for Bates in recent years, at least. Totally. I think I knew Olivia. It's just, it's so nerve wracking, and so because um, you know Olivia's on the line, try not to think about it. Try not to think about what's at stake because um, you don't want to be doing that. But I. Am yeah, <laughs> and I'm so nervous for her. Um, and so then to what and then be like, you know, just like as I was saying, sprinting, you might be the best, the best, the best skier, but you can get sixth in the race because of the things that happen out there. Um, so to see her come up the hill in second, it was just, it was the coolest thing. And I, and then and then to be like, oh my gosh, she's gonna beat this girl at the finish, which she didn't. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> but, but really, I mean, it's still remarkable, and the difference it makes is um, not that significant, um, just because it, it it was such a spectacular thing to see that. Yeah. Thank you. What, were you like chasing her the whole time, or do you ever have the lead there? Yeah. So, can I just like walk you through the race? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So, basically. I didn't want to lead going up the first hill, yeah. but no one wanted to lead. So we were kind of just like, there's like three wide and we were all just kind of watching each other. Like who's going to go over the top of the hill first. Someone made an executive move, went over the top of the hill. But when you're in first down a hill, you can't catch a draft. You're leading. Oh, so, interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. I was kind of behind this person. And then the UVM girl that won, she like zoomed down the hill. I don't know if she had really fast skis or somehow like got a slingshot. Yeah, slingshot or whatever, but she put on probably three or four seconds on everyone down the hill. So, like, when I was saying earlier, I would have done it tactically differently. Like, I wish I could have just, like, stuck on her, like, like mm. free skated or something and not let her put that gap on. So then going down the hill on the lower part, she still had that lead. There's a really sharp corner. And then up the hill, I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'll get second place. And then I saw myself catching her. And I was like, oh, like, I could get first place. <laughs> And I wish I had realized that earlier because that, by that time I was a little bit too far back. But, yeah, it was just so cool. It was awesome. That's awesome. Did you talk to her after the race at all? Yeah. Yeah. She's a little bit quiet. Oh, so. she's quieter. Okay. But she seems nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, I guess your thoughts you, either of you wanted to share on this past weekend and what it means for you know yourselves and for the Bates Nordic team in general kind of? Uh, just big shout out to Rebecca Feist for letting the women's team stay at her house. Okay. That was awesome. We nice. had a kitchen and everyone had a bed. So, yeah, I know she really worked hard to make everybody comfortable. That was really great. Um, and, like, Cal and I technically had the best results of the weekend, but um, some people had some really impressive personal bests. And just the fact that we had three women in the top 30 for the sprint day mm -hmm. and a couple of the guys, too. Totally. Two. Well, Wyatt. Two, yeah. Um, Wyatt had a personal yeah. best in 19th, which is awesome. So good. Yeah. First like, I couldn't even dream of that as a first year. So, yeah, I, the, our whole team just really showed up and gave it their all. And the 15K was not easy. <laughs> that was one of the most brutal races I've ever done. 
Um, and it was really cool to finish. And then not too long after, here come my teammates. I was like, oh, you guys are awesome. So yeah. that was fun. And to that, um, the men's team has received a ton of support from Olivia. Um, we spent the weekend with her, um, not at Rebecca's, but um, she was also sick this past weekend. And just I think it has something to do with the Skillings um, family. But they they really give themselves to other people and um, this the team. And right now, they are kind of holding us together and really doing an awesome job. Yeah, Olivia Skillings, Bates alum and current assistant coach, and then Eliza being one of the captains as well. So Yeah. And Dimitri. <laughs> and Dimitri, yeah. <laughs> he's one of our sophomores who is sick, so he's just been helping out a lot. Gotcha. Excellent. And obviously – our coach, James. Yeah, <laughs> James. Right. Yeah, James. <laughs> For sure. All right, well, great performances. Second place for Olivia, and uh, Cal got seventh there. A couple of top tens at the Dartmouth Carnival now. Williams Carnival up next. Uh, thanks so much for joining us on Bobcats. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Cunio and Shrump weren't the only Bobcats turning in a top ten showing in skiing this weekend. First year Bates Alpine skier Juliet Hoder took ninth in the slalom on Saturday on a weekend that saw some difficult skiing conditions. Senior captain Avery Leonard was 34th in the Giant Slalom on Friday and led the Bobcats in the GSNCAA qualifier the previous day, taking 28th. Leonard joins the Bobcats this week to give us an update on the Alpine skiing team. Your schedule has been kind of wild this year, like lots of postponements and stuff getting moved around. How's the team kind of handled things so far? Oh yeah, absolutely. It seems like we're all kind of living out of suitcases right now. Um, Our bye week was canceled um, for the very first carnival because it ended up being rescheduled to um, last weekend. So we're having a lot of races that are three-day series, and that's been kind of hectic. But everyone's hanging in there. We're doing the most that we can over the weekdays to um, train and then getting right back at it um, for the next races. I was going to say, this weekend coming up, you've got three days of competitions again, right? Yeah. um, Friday, Saturday, we're at Jiminy Peak, and then Sunday, we're at Catamount Mountain. Um, for the extra makeup slalom. Speaking of that, this past weekend, I feel like the second day, I think it was really tough conditions. I saw not very many skiers on any team finish like both runs. Right? What was that? What was the conditions like there? Oh yeah, it was like 50 degrees out, yeah. so um, it was uh, that the snow was pretty sticky and slushy. Um, the salt wasn't really sticking too well either. And then on top of that, there were two very difficult sets um, in the slalom, particularly on particularly on the guys' side. Um, it was very, very turny down the pitch. Mm. Um, so it was definitely a fighter. But um, we did have two girls' finishers that day. Juju Hoder did incredibly. She got ninth. And then um, Molly uh, Quinlan also threw one in there. I'm a little bit bummed for Lindsay uh, Atten because she had a killer first run. Oh. It was very, very speedy. And I know that she has some big things coming for her coming up for the last two carnivals. So... Yeah, you mentioned Juliet Hoder, ninth in the slalom on a, on a tough day, as we mentioned. I mean, as a senior captain, what's it like seeing a first year come in and having so much success right away like this? It's honestly incredible. Um, I think that we haven't had this kind of pace in a while, and seeing her keep up with some of the top girls is really encouraging for all of the ladies. Um, and it gives us, for training days and that sort of thing, too, some pace to try to keep up with. So it's great. We're really proud of her um, and excited to see what she can do coming up too yeah the group just got back from a training session there at sunday river so what was today like out there um today was pretty pinnacle gs skiing at sunday river kind of the best it gets um we were skiing with some other younger kids at sunday river um but the surface was great 
there weren't too many people on the course and it held up really really well so um yeah it's it's great to bring that energy coming into the next few races what's it like being one of the captains this year what's the uh, responsibility like i guess um it's a little bit different than what my role has been on the team um previously but i've really loved taking a leadership position and it's great because i'm part of a captain's group um there are three other people to bounce ideas off of um and kind of just help the team keep moving in the right direction. And it's been incredible. Um, everyone's been super supportive, and I've really loved the role this year. So what can you tell us about Jiminy Peak, I think it is, for Williams coming up? Yeah, um, Jiminy should be really exciting. The Solemn is a little bit flatter, I think, than we're used to training, but I know that um, everyone has had some good results on flat hills this year. Um, and the GS is uh, killer. I know Crawford Jones had a really great result, um, the senior captain from last year, last time we were there. So I think that it'll be really cool to keep that momentum going. And I think a lot of people are excited to ski that hill. It should be, um, I've heard good conditions um, and pretty good weather. So we're, we're really excited about it. For you personally, what do you prefer, GS or slalom? Um, I am a slalom gal. I come from the Midwest, so wow. there wasn't a ton of GS skiing um, in my youth. And, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to keep up my slalom skiing and also continue working on the GS, obviously. But. I was going to say, because Juliet mentioned that she also didn't really have any background in GS growing up. Is that typical sometimes, of, depending on where you grow up, GS is more rare, perhaps? Yeah, I think um, people that are from maybe a little bit smaller mountains, it's definitely more difficult to get a lot of GS training. Um, so I don't think either of us got a ton of it until we got into FIS. But um, it's definitely been a nice change to have access to um, larger hills and that sort of thing. So, What's the learning curve kind of like with that, doing a different event? Um, it's it's okay. I don't know. <laughs> um I think that we all kind of got into it pretty pretty early. We've all been in fist for upwards sure. of six years. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's pretty similar. It, it translates pretty well. But Great. Well, any goals you have, you know, the next few carnivals here? And hopefully just the weather cooperates, I suppose, would be the big one, right? <laughs> yeah, hopefully we get all of our makeup races in yeah. um, because we really only have these two weekends before NCAAs and then – yeah, I'm hoping for maybe a few more top 30 results and then just soaking up the last bits of my senior season. Well, take us back when you were looking at schools. What made Bates the place for you? Um, Bates really fit what I was looking for because I come from a very tiny ski academy in Vail, Colorado. Um, I was with, or I had a, a graduating class of 11 people, so I was looking for a, a smaller school. Um, and... I think it was just the vibe on campus was really positive and it just it felt like it fit and then obviously I got recruited for skiing and um, I'm a little biased but I think that we definitely have the best training venue um, on the east coast I'm I love Sunday River that's where I took my gap year mm. um, out of Gould's Academy so I've had a little bit of experience there before even coming to Bates but so your gap year did you work with then Rogan I did, okay. yes. Yeah, our former coach here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I love Rogan. I still work with him. Um, a, a bunch of the Bates girls this past summer went to a camp in La Parva, Chile with Rogan. Um, he's still a great contact for us and is always there to support us when we're on our own um, at open fist races. Um, but, yeah, he he's an incredible guy and still really close with all of the Bates skiers, so. I feel like the skiing community is pretty tight in general, right? Yeah, yeah, very, very tight. 
Um, and I expect he'll remain super tight with the Bates gears even as generations um, go through the program. So, Great. What are your thoughts you want to share on the season so far we haven't got to talk about yet? Um, no, I think we covered most everything. Uh, I'm just I'm, – I'm soaked for what's to come. I think that there's a lot of momentum amongst the – Alpine and Nordic skiers with Olivia Cunio yeah. getting um, second last last weekend. So I'm really stoked for what both ski teams can do for the next two weeks. And, yeah, just excited to finish out my senior season. All right, Senior Captain Avery Leonard, thanks so much. Thank you. Away from the snow and indoors for now, the track and field teams competed at both the Valentine Invitational at Boston University and the Lyndon Ruddy Invitational at Bowdoin this past weekend. There were a number of standout performances but the best showing by far came from junior Truman Williams, who broke the Bates record in the indoor 400 meters with his time of 49.05 seconds. The previous record of 49.09 seconds had been set in 2001 by Eric Zwick before Williams was born. Well, Truman, we had you on the Bobcast back when you were first year. You made a big splash early on in the 400. And this past weekend, you made a huge breakthrough. You broke the 50-second mark and you broke the program record. So just take us through the race 400 meters there um, in Boston, obviously a fast track that you took advantage of. So for the race, I was in lane six, meaning that I ran blind, so I couldn't see anyone else in the race to pace off of to get a feel for how fast I was going. So I got out as hard as I could, and around the second turn, I started to feel the rest of the field push up on me, and I had the choice of either letting them go or going with them, and I went with them, and around the third turn when we all broke in for lane one I was in third place I believe and the person in front of me on the back straight pushed ahead of the person in first and I once again went with them and that that first person I believe he was from Williams he just kept going and I wasn't passing him but I did pass the person who was in first initially and I brought it home strong and as I crossed the finish line I looked up at the clock and I saw the person in first place when I think 48-3. And I thought, okay, I know I wasn't more than a second behind yeah. him. So I looked up and I saw my time and I was elated with it. And did you know right away that was a new school record? I had it in my head yeah. that the school record was 49-0 something. <laughs> so to me, in order to break it, I would have needed to gone 48. Mm. But... I remember it, and I was just happy with the time, um, despite the record, because it was just such a big breakthrough for me. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, the 50-second mark is kind of a big sort of threshold, and, and that was obviously on your mind entering the race, sounds like? Yes, definitely. Yeah. The week before, I had run 48.8 in the 4x4, mm. which doesn't go on anything and <laughs> doesn't mean a whole lot, but it let me know what kind of shape I was in. So I just went out there and tried to leave it all on the track. Well, speaking of the 4x4, you ran in that as well, and you guys got a top 10 mark all-time at Bates this, this, uh, this past week. So take us through that relay and what, what that group is like, the 4x4 there. Oh, our 4x4 is phenomenal this year. One of the things that Coach Johnson always says is we have so much depth. We've run two 4x4s at almost every meet, and they've both done better than – almost any 4x4 that I've been on. And it's phenomenal to see eight guys going out there, run their heart out, and having fun with it. So we picked the four that were in the best shape this week, and next week it might be a different four. 
so I was last leg in the race, and as soon as I got the baton, I did what I knew how to do, get out hard and try to keep the speed that I make in the first lap. And earlier in the race, I believe it was our second leg, they had a bad handoff, and our first leg had fallen on the track. Oh, wow. He had uh, gotten off, but I hadn't seen him because I have been focusing on the race and our position. So as soon as I got off the track, I went to find him. We were all good, and we were really happy because we had an idea that it was a season's best, but we couldn't find what we actually ran because the live results took a really long time. And I think it was on the bus back that we finally got that um, notification that it was a 321. And knowing that we did that with everything that happened in the handoff is phenomenal. Yeah, I was going to say, normally you need a perfect relay race to get on like a top 10 list or anything, but that's really encouraging, right? That even though there was something that went kind of wrong, it still was a you know a huge performance. Yeah, I think the whole group is really happy. And we, I mean, last year for me, I wasn't even on the relay. Mm. I stayed through break as the alternate and our next meet after break is our New England Championship. And I was there, and I warmed up with the relay, and I didn't run it. So it's phenomenal to be in the position that I am with a spot on that relay now. Yeah, certainly. Um, I'm going to ask, oh, yes. So um, I saw on social media that the person who had the previous 400 record, Eric Zwick, class 2001, so this record is more than 20 years old, and it stood. Um, he congratulated you on, on Instagram there. What's it like to hear from the alums, considering that, you know, he could have not even known about this. It's 20-plus years now, but he, he knew and he congratulated you. Oh, it's it's great. I've been looking at his name since freshman year. <laughs> um, we got new a new fancy top 10 board, yeah. and it's even higher now. And I look up, and I'm thinking, that's going to be hard. And um, I just I respect him so much for having such a record for so long. And I left Merrill earlier today. And I thought about it. I was like, I, I wasn't born when he ran that. <laughs> that's right. And you weren't. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I walked out just in awe thinking, wow, that's – he ran that before – not even before I could walk, before I was on this planet. <laughs> I, I did not – I that makes sense. Yeah, I realize you're, you're a junior here and it's 23-year-old record. So, wow. Um, I mean, yeah, and I guess, you know, now that you've done this – how do you, it's hard, it's weird to say, but how do you stay motivated for the next thing? What, what's next? What's, what's your next goal here? <laughs> um, there was part of me that would be worried that I, I'd break that and I'd just sort of lose momentum. But I'm so close to that 48 second barrier, mm. uh, which is something that I've had high school teammates run. And I remember it being a big thing. And I just, I, I can't wait to get there. And I can feel it because I'm so close and how the race panned out, I know I can do better. And I'm really looking forward to my next shot at it. Great. When will you be your next shot? I mean, I know Colby's doing a meet this weekend. I don't know if you're going to that. And then there's New England's after that, right? Um, I believe I'll be taking this next weekend off at Colby. Okay. And then I'll be at the track at New Balance for New England's. And speaking of New England's, I mean, I've, you've competed there before, obviously. What's that experience like compared to, you know, other meets? Oh, it's it's weird because it's a championship meet. But we bring such a big atmosphere because... We have people who qualify in almost every event. It's different than other meets, like especially main states, which are two big indoor championships, because main states is our regular season where almost the whole team goes, whereas New England's is a qualification basis. So it's a different atmosphere because everyone who goes there has to run, and you get there, you warm up, 
and we're not going to have a massive fan section like we did at like the home meet, mm-hmm. but we're still going to have a real good group of people going. And the atmosphere isn't all baits. It's everyone. And something that I try to do is when I'm running, if I hear anyone yelling, I pretend that they're yelling at me. So I hear Williams cheering for their Williams athlete. I hear Williams, Truman Williams. They're cheering for me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And then um, I imagine you'll be running the 400 at New England. And any, what other events possibly? Um, I qualified for the 200. Right, okay. And that's still up in the air. Mm. I think it's going to be depending on how I feel in the days leading up to it. I'd like to run both. Um, but I could see myself just doing the 400 and 4x4. Four four. So, well, speaking of the 200, I mean, are there times you have in your mind for that in t- you know, going forward here? Because you're only a junior and there's still more, many more chances. What, what's a threshold there you're looking for in the 200? Um, a big threshold that I hit in high school outdoor was 21.9 something. Mm. And I would love to have another shot to do that indoor. Um, I can feel it coming outdoor, but I'm not sure how close I am to it. Any other thoughts on this meet this past weekend? I mean, we saw some other big performances. I want to mention Rasta Haida in the 800 meters, well, third all-time at Bates. Uh, what other things did you notice kind of from the team this weekend? I think we did a really good job of communicating um, and maintaining one team atmosphere despite being at two different places. Right, yeah. Um, I know I was checking the live results for the Lynn Ruddy Invitational um, and I we got there and I was like, okay, let me check the results. And the meet didn't start until twelve, and I was supposed to start warming up at twelve. <laughs> so of course I couldn't check the results. So after we raced, uh, I was on my phone trying to go through them all, and we somehow maintained a team atmosphere despite being across two different places. And I think that says a lot about our team. Outstanding. Well, Truman Williams, the fastest indoor 400 meters in Bates men's track and field history, 49.05 seconds. Congratulations, and thanks for so much for joining us on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. More records fell in Tarbell Pool over the weekend as Bates men's swimming and diving finished a close runner-up to Colby in the CDB meet. The teams combined to break 11 pool records, and sophomore Marek Saranovic broke the Bates record in the 100-yard breaststroke with his winning NCAA B-cut time of 55.08 seconds. Well, Marge, a record-breaking uh, CBB meet there for the men's swimming and diving team. For you individually, a 100-yard breaststroke school record. You know, normally we don't see school records set before, like, championship season, but it happened there um, this past weekend. So what does that say about this team and how fast everyone's going right now? Yeah, it's a good sign for the team. Uh, we were suited for this meet, so we knew we were able to go fast. We had some good competition, and we knew we'd have to give it our all to break some records and to to swim well against Colby and Bowden. Take us through your 100-yard breaststroke uh, record-breaking swim there. How'd it go? Yeah, it was good. I was a bit nervous at the beginning of it because um, I knew that Colby and Bowden had some strong breaststrokers next to me, and we wanted to score score some points, put some numbers on the board for Bates. Um, so I just had knew that I had to be on on point, really on point, and give it my all in order to do well in the race and it ended up working out pretty well and not only you but i believe kyler tom got runner up your teammates yeah that good, good to see yeah no that was really awesome to see a one two especially against um some of the strongest teams in the nascac and so you have um the women's championships this weekend the men are the following weekend so yeah. what's your uh what's the process like between now and, and the championship time for the men's team yeah so we have a lot of time to like work on a lot of the things that we saw this weekend um, I mean, after my events, I talked to Coach 
PC and Emma, and they both gave me some tips. So I still have a lot of room to improve, a lot of areas to work on. And we'll work on the small things over the next week and a half while the women are at NESCACs and the coaches are gone. And it'll, it'll be nice to just be on campus um, during break, just to have some time alone with the men's team. So, yeah, I'm excited for it, and I think it'll be really fun. And then take us through the relays you were involved in. Yeah, so I swam the 200 medley relay at the very beginning of the meet. We knew that it would be a really close race between us and Colby. They have national level swimmers on their team. They have an NCAA record holder. Mm. So we had to give it our all and be our best in order to keep up with them and potentially win the relay, which we did win. Um, it was really exciting. We all had great swims, and our freestyler, Nate Pierce, just barely touched out the Colby swimmer by, I think it was like three hundredths. so it was really awesome to see. We had a lot of touchouts over the weekend, and so it, it was just great to see and really fun. The atmosphere in Tarbell was also just amazing. It was packed. Our women's team was there. Um, and I think that was definitely my favorite meet at Tarbell so far. And then the 200 free relay was also kind of similar to the 200 medley relay. Colby and Bowden were um, putting up some strong relays against us, and we just had to be at our best and give it our all. So we were about a second behind when I jumped in the water, or sorry, when Max jumped in the water uh, as the anchor. And... I don't know what he did, but somehow he caught up with the Colby relay and was able to touch him out, which was just so impressive and amazing. So it's it's always so impressive to see what Max does in the pool every time. You know, Max was on the Bobcast the other week. And he was talking about how like you and him are known for just being wanting to do sprints only sprints. What's your, what's your take on that kind of? <laughs> yeah. So both of us are sprinters. We really like sprinting. Longer events like the mid distance, distance events aren't really our things. So we always like joke around, like, you know, we wish the 25 breaststroke, 25 freestyle were college events so that we just swim do- those. Uh, unfortunately, they're not, but right. yeah, we still have like the 50 and the 100, which are some pretty exciting and fun sprint events. Certainly. And then, um, so I guess, I mean, we talked about this last time you were on as part of the relay team, but um, how you were not technically a you know a recruited athlete here, and so yeah, uh, could you ever imagine w- when you walked onto the team basically being a school record holder like this? Not really. Like <laughs> I didn't think I would ever be swimming in college at mm. all when I was in high school, but it just happened to work out because my high school coach was really good friends with PC, and so um, she worked at the swim camp that we host during the summer. So that's how um, I got connected with PC and got on the team. What's this group like? I mean, it seems like there's a lot of really um, young, high-end talent right now. Yeah, it's really exciting to see because last year we had a team that was a lot of seniors on our relays. And it's just so great to see some freshmen, some some sophomores, some of my fellow sophomores step up and do really well on these relays and swim really confidently, swim really strong um, like we did this weekend. Great. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share? You mentioned it was your favorite meet so far at Tarbell, but any other things you wanted to mention about, you know, some stuff you saw maybe from some teammates or whatever this past weekend that you wanted to mention we haven't gotten to talk about yet? Yeah, I think Tim Johnson had some terrific mm-hmm. swims on the backstroke in the IM. He got narrowly touched out, unfortunately, by some Colby swimmers, but I'm sure he'll – 
he'll get them at NESCAX. Um, and I just think that meet overall was a great way to send off the senior men mm-hmm. for their last meet in Tarbell. Uh, they've been great leaders this entire year, and it's been really inspiring seeing what they've done and contributed to the team over the past, well, I've known them for two years, but yeah, it's they're just an incredible group, and we'll miss them a lot next year. Excellent. Well, March again, congrats on setting the school record there in the 100-yard breaststroke. The new time to beat is now 55.08 seconds. Thanks again for joining us on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you. The Bates women's basketball team split a pair of games on the road last weekend to wrap up the regular season, falling at Trinity but bouncing back to beat Wesley in the next day. Bates is 20-4 and on the year and earned the number three seed in the upcoming NASCAC tournament thanks to their 8-2 record in conference play. Bates hosts Hamilton this Saturday at 2 p.m. in the quarterfinals. Head coach Allison Montgomery previews the conference tournament. All right, Coach, well, for the first time in your time here at Bates, you get to host a NESCAC quarterfinal game, so how exciting is that for the team here? Very exciting. I think I know it's been um, a sight for our team in a while, but for a while now, for, you know, a couple years where we've wanted to have that goal of hosting, but I think we've been careful to set that specific goal because, you know, it's just such a tough conference and anything can kind of play out. And and, uh, this year when we had the conversation about setting the goal, we were sort of, uh, you know, um, remembering and reflecting on the fact that we won a championship as a fifth seed um, and never got that home that home position. So I think, you know, just thinking like, yes, it's great. It's an added bonus. But really, this conference is so tough. You kind of just got to get to the playoffs and then you got to and then you got to chip away one game at a time. So, um, of course, like nothing like playing at home. I know everyone, you know, feels that way. But I think particularly like our team is really excited about being an alumni again. And for the team, getting a win there at Wesley to finish off the regular season after a couple of tough ones there against Colby and Trinity, how big is it to get a victory heading into the postseason? Oh, my gosh, so huge. I think, um, yeah, just NESCAC weekends on the road, those back-to-back games, you know, they're they're always a grind. And um, like you said, coming off two games where we hadn't quite – um, been in the rhythm that we have been for quite a stretch this season. I think really, really important to find that, especially in the second half against Wesleyan and um, to really kind of find our rhythm, find our confidence and all those things again, really important heading into this week of practice and, and into the playoffs. So Hamilton, a team you all beat here at Alumni Gym during the regular season. Obviously, they have some you know very good players. They earned a, a sixth seed. Tell me a little bit about what will be a key to beating them for a second time. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of keys. Obviously, um, a lot we'll talk about in terms of, like, how we want to execute. I think, first and foremost, I'm always really focused on getting our team in the right mindset in terms of, like, new season, playoff season. Everyone in this in this conference is so dangerous. Um, when we played Hamilton the first time, we got off to a great start. Um, we've had a couple games like that this season where our first quarter was just great. We were clicking offensively. We were finishing Um, and so I think, you know, that was kind of the story of that first game against them, um, against Hamilton, you know, they have one of the leading rebounders, um, in the conference and Taylor Lambeau, who's really dangerous. She's, she's a kid who gets to the line a lot, you know, really draws a lot of contact inside. So she'll be a focus. And then they have a really dangerous freshman as well. Um, Kendall Harris, who's a big, big scorer for them. So I think keying in on those two specifically, but then also, you know, just collectively as a team, um, they are tough. And so, um, 
you know, obviously thinking about how we can contain them in the best way, but I, I think almost more importantly, really focusing on how we get ourselves um, really in a great space on both ends of the court. And then looking at this team, I mean, we were looking at the you know games against Kobe and Trinity, you know, kind of some uh, maybe after the high of Bowdoin. Uh, where's the team at mentally right now, you know, after a couple of tough ones, but then getting back on the winning track? I think our team's in a great space. I think, we, you know, we talked a little bit how wild it can be when you can be on such a such a um you know we really haven't had too much derail us this season like we've been we found a really great rhythm um and so we talked about how wild that can be in sports right when you have a few moments as a team where that happens in sports and um it can sort of it, you can't let that have power over you in terms of making you doubt or question um anything about what you're doing and what's got you the success you've gotten so far so i think that type of challenge and quote unquote failure can be really, really valuable, of course. Um, and so I think we really want to, we really want to internalize, um, some of our failures, you know, as coming out as losses as like, okay, exactly why, um, those things happened and there's tangible things and intangible things. And so like, how do we move forward and how do we put ourselves in a position where that just makes us better? So, um, that's what losses can do, you know? And so, I think that's the mindset we're taking, and I think we're going to be grateful for those opportunities to be able to really pause and say, "Okay, like we've we, we're human there, and we've we've shown some areas where we need to improve on, and um, just kind of be ready every game for, for everybody's best game." So, um, hopefully, those will prove to be really helpful for us. And what do you think about the bracket in general? You know, you're a three C, but you're, it seems like you're in a pretty decent spot. They reseed it for the semifinals, so obviously yeah. it totally depends on what happens with Colby versus Trinity and Bowen versus Tufts. But it yeah. seems like one through eight, there's all teams that are capable of making a run. Absolutely. I mean, I just think it's so exciting thinking from the time when, um, you know, I first started coaching at Bates and it was really a couple teams running the table. And, you know, of course, you know, you got to play the game and anything can happen. But I think now our league is in a position where there's so much parity. There's so many good players. Um, it's really, really like you got to show up and play your best game every day. Um, so I think that's really exciting. That's really exciting for our league. That's really exciting for all the teams. And like, I think all our coaches in our league have done such a great job to, to get really competitive leagues, um, a really competitive team. So I'm just excited. I think it'll be really, really fun. And I think when it boils down to it, everybody's just got to focus on, you know, one day at a time, one game at a time and trying to play our best. Three seed Bates versus the six seed Hamilton Saturday right here at Alumni Gym, two o'clock. Alison Montgomery, thanks so much. Thanks, Aaron. Can you believe it? Spring sports are almost here. And next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll preview the spring seasons for baseball, lacrosse, and tennis. Find the complete schedule online at gobatesbobcats.com. And we'll catch you next time on the Bates Bobcast.